Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Grow With Soul. Today I want to talk about stats and measuring your activity and I know that might not sound like the most exciting thing but please bear with me. I know it's something that a lot of people worry about so worrying whether they're tracking the right things or whether the things they're tracking are good enough and I'm going to drop a bomb here because I basically don't track any stats in my business. So in this episode, I want to get into what the point of tracking stats in your business actually is, defining what's important to track and what isn't. And also, I want to write you a big permission slip to stop worrying. So let's start with a little bit of background. When I started my first marketing job back in 2014, data was everything. This was a time before we knew that Facebook quizzes were stealing and using all of our personal data and when retargeting ads felt like they'd be useful instead of completely creepy following you around the internet. And in my job, we were obsessed with tracking. Everything was tracked in spreadsheets and on whiteboards and shared drives. Every week, a month, it would be analysed and discussed And for me personally, every week I would pull data from Google Analytics, from MailChimp, from the sales teams, and I'd put it all together into a 10 or so slide PowerPoint presentation, which I would give to the rest of the team. So nothing was done without there being a grounding for it in the data. And the default response to any new idea was, what does the data say? So all of this to say, that my marketing experience was absolutely grounded in data. I grew up with it. I learned my craft as a marketer in the language of data. And for two years, it was like the only way I knew how to do things, which is what makes it all the more surprising to me now that now that I work for myself, I don't really track anything. I imagine lots of us who have worked in offices have had to justify or contribute to data in some way in our time, which is probably why we feel like it's something we have to do now. Either, Even if you didn't, it's definitely something that feels proper and professional and that we can't be taken seriously if we don't know all our numbers off the top of our heads, which actually thinking about it shows like Dragon's Den, or I think the US equivalent is Shark Tank, they really don't help with that perception. So I didn't consciously decide to stop tracking data, and I definitely started my business with like this big, huge spreadsheet to track everything on. But over time, it just naturally stopped being important. And here are the reasons why. First of all, it's a waste of time. So in that first marketing job I was talking about, I'd say I spent about 50% of my time collecting, formatting and presenting data. 
There were very often months when I had to prioritise doing my monthly data presentation over actually marketing the business. So when you are the only person doing everything in your business, there is absolutely no way that tracking data is the best use of your time. Let's say that it takes an hour a week, and this is like generous, it probably takes more than this, an hour a week to go into your Google Analytics find the relevant stats, put them in the spreadsheet, do the same with MailChimp and with Instagram and with Facebook and with Pinterest and all the things, format them into a pie chart or a bar chart or whatever it is, and then, you know, tick it off your planner to say you've done it. So you can't seriously tell me that that hour wouldn't have been better spent engaging with your customers on social media creating a piece of content, updating your website copy, answering queries and inquiries. There are just simply more effective things to do with our precious time than track data. Secondly, so many measures have factors beyond your control. Your Instagram following is a prime example of this. Your follower number really has nothing to do with what you do. You can't say, oh, I had a dip this week, let me see what I did wrong, because it's just not a straight correlation between what you did and the dip. Maybe Instagram cleared out some bots, maybe someone deleted their account, maybe someone is finding your topic triggering at the moment, maybe they don't need your advice anymore, maybe something happened globally that meant people were spending less time on Instagram. The same goes for your email stats, your Facebook stats, your Pinterest stats, If we put too much store in measures that have multiple factors, we will be chasing our tails trying to affect them when really we are only one element. It's a bit like growing a plant in your garden. Whether it's successful or not depends not just on you, but also the rain, the sun, the frost, animals eating it, the soil, diseases. If you can't control it, then what's the point in tracking it? Linked to this is the fact that most things you can measure don't make a real actual difference in your business. So taking Instagram following again, that's not going to make the biggest impact on your bottom line. I know it's really easy to say and not easy to believe, especially when you've got like a handful of followers and you look at people with 20,000 followers and you think, yeah, right. Because of course it doesn't make a difference to have a bigger pool of people to talk to, but that's the point. It's a pool of people, not an arbitrary number to track. If those people aren't doing anything, they're not commenting and they're not buying, then it is literally a pointless number. If you have 3,000 or 300 followers, but you're getting bookings and you're making sales, does it matter that you don't have 30,000? These big numbers look and feel important and they're easy to see and easy to track, but are they actually doing anything? The fourth reason is it encourages reactive behaviour. So, you know, you might be there saying 3% fewer people opened my email, so I need to change it, or my web traffic is down by 100 visits, I need to stop what I'm doing and completely overhaul my content strategy. Data can quickly pull us off track and see something that might be a natural blip as something that needs to be tackled right now this minute. And again, there are reasons outside of ourselves as to why the blip happened. Like it's the middle of August and people are on holiday and not checking their inbox at the moment. If we chase the data around trying to fix it and 
put all our tracking graphs back on an upward trajectory, then we're not actually moving forward. We're replacing projects which might open up a whole new income stream to try and stop people unfollowing us, which, you know, is a fool's errand at the best of times. And finally, tracking data can be really soul destroying. (laughs) This is the underlying theme through all the reasons, really. In my old job, there was always the weight that the data was what dictated my worth and ability. And no, this isn't self-doubt talking. That is actually something that was made explicit by my boss. But being self-employed, that goes up a level because our business is so personal and it's so easy to see the data as personal rejection. What we don't need in our businesses is more reasons to think that we can't do it. And tracking data especially the measures that we don't control, does exactly that. So a confident, positive you does a better job than one wringing her hands about the web traffic or the follower number. So all of those reasons combined are your permission slip to change the way you track or your expectations of yourself with regards to data. So I hope it's piqued your interest and your feeling positive about a future free from the weight of data. However, I know there will be a what about X on your lips. And yes, I'm not saying that we have a complete free for all in terms of what you're doing in your business. Data can provide important information that we can really use to create better products, grow our businesses more effectively, focus our time on the activities that are most efficient. What we need are some more efficient ways of approaching data to make sure that we're getting the good stuff out of it and not the bad. So instead of tracking all the big numbers and all the things that you think you should be tracking, here are some things to think about doing instead. So first, find the few things that really do affect your business. You've likely heard the piece of research that 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your activity. And it's quite true. Like it's literally a piece of research. It is a true thing. So what you spend 20% of your time on is where 80% of your revenue or your effect happens. So we spend 80% of our time doing a load of stuff that's basically irrelevant is what it says. So your 20% is the key to unlocking more efficiency and balance in your business. It's also key to finding what to keep an eye on. So why track your Facebook likes when most of your customers find you through your podcast or through your Etsy listing? Define your 20%. And this is something you'll probably know pretty intuitively, or you can look at where customers found you. You can ask them where they found you. And then once you know that, Focus on looking after it and keeping it healthy. Secondly, think about what you're going to do with this information. So often we track things and just have like a spreadsheet full of numbers that we save every week and don't really look at again until the next time we open it to put the numbers in. Just like your Instagram following is irrelevant if they're not doing anything, the numbers you track are irrelevant if you're not doing anything with them quickly you'll realise there's not a lot you can do with a lot of the things that you're tracking, either because there's too many factors or it's just not that important to your business or you have more proactive things to be doing. So go through anything that you're tracking and think what you can actually do with this information to affect real change. 
Linked to this is to approach data by thinking of the question you want to ask your business. So use data as a tool for problem solving. Perhaps it's something like, my sales have dropped this month. What reasons can I find that that might have happened? Or I want to launch a new product range. What might be a good route to take? You can then go and seek the answers you need and take action on them rather than just passively tracking data over and over. So for example, last April, I didn't get any new coaching inquiries, whereas usually most months I would get three or four emails. So wondering why that was, I went in search of evidence. I asked the question of my business, why haven't I had any inquiries coming through? What might have caused that? So I realised my web traffic was down And then I realised that why my web traffic was down was because I hadn't posted any new content. I hadn't posted a new podcast. I hadn't posted a new blog. So if people didn't have a reason to come to my website, then they weren't also exploring my offerings and sending inquiries. So I could see that the problem was that there was a breakdown where I wasn't posting new content. There was no reason for people to come to my website. There was no way then that they were going to get to the point of inquiring. Fourth, track what feels good to track. This self-employment thing doesn't have to be all self-flagellation and doing it all properly, even though it feels awful. You're allowed to look at what feels good. Track your progress on goals and projects that you can control. If you're making a limited run of 200 mugs, track your progress. If you're writing a book, track your word count. If you're saving up for a new piece of equipment, track it. Track something that you feel positive about so that you can stay motivated and keep going. So I like to track quarterly and yearly income goals so that I can see my progress and, you know, add something new or make a change if I need to, to see, give the goal a boost. Finally, remember that there's only one stat that matters. In sport, you'll often hear commentators reel off a load of stats that somebody somewhere is feeding them. So things like, this team have scored in all of their last 10 games and even though they're losing, so-and-so has had 80% possession in this half. But always they close with, well, there's there's only one stat that matters, Clive, and that's the score. There we go, a little sport analogy for you there. (laughs) But the same is true with business. The only stat that really matters is the money coming in. You can have 100,000 Instagram followers, a 90% email open rate, a million website visitors. But if there's no money coming in, then it's not a business. Now, I know that this might sound a bit uncomfortable and I absolutely am not attacking you if you're starting out or not making a consistent income at the moment. 100% not. I'm categorically not saying that you aren't a proper business. So stay with me and stay positive. What I'm saying is that those other big numbers don't make you a business. So you can stop worrying about them or stop comparing yourself. What makes you a business is one sale and then another one later on and another one later on. So you can stop trying to reach for those huge numbers and feeling like when I get to 10,000 Instagram followers, I can really feel like I've arrived and I'm a proper business. You just need to make one sale. You can have one email subscriber who then books your services and you, you're then quite literally in business. So don't get distracted by the trappings and what other people have got and what it looks like. Stay focused on the core of your work. So what does all of this look like in my business? 
I have a handful of measures that I track in a spreadsheet. So I create little grids, which I fill in with colors when I meet a checkpoint. I have a tab where I track my income, my income goal and my outgoings. I also have a tab to track goals, like saving goals I have for work we wanna do on the house and sales targets for certain offerings and product creation goals. So essentially tracking the progress I make in writing a new course or whatever. And that's it. I actively track just three or four goals in a spreadsheet. I always have it open on my computer so I can look at my progress and I can update it whenever I have anything to update it with. So I probably check in with that spreadsheet a couple of times a week. For everything else, I have a keep an eye on it policy. I keep an eye on podcast downloads every couple of weeks. I keep an eye on Instagram engagement. I keep an eye on email open rates. I keep an eye on these things because they are my 20% activities. By keep an eye, I mean I look at it for about 10 seconds to make sure there's nothing drastically good or drastically bad. And then I move on to doing something more proactive. If something did markedly better than usual, I'll spend a little bit of time just digging in to see why that was. Was I talking about a topic that was particularly interesting to people? Was the picture especially likeable or did I chime with something that was going on in the zeitgeist in that post? I'll then note that down so that next time I can use it or I can use it in a different way and then I get on with what I was doing before. If something did a lot worse than usual, again, I'll take a moment to look at why that might have been. Bad timing, the photo not brilliantly lit enough, no invitation to engage, just a disinteresting topic for people, emails going to junk, more emails than usual. If I can do something to fix it, I will. Otherwise, I'll jot down my findings to help me be more successful next time. And then I move on to what I was doing. So focusing on my 20%, asking questions of the business, looking for what I can do with the data, and ultimately not wasting my time, energy, and positivity on numbers. So I hope this episode has helped you to see the numbers in your business differently and given you some permission to use data on your own terms. As always, there is nothing you have to do in order to be a business owner. No one is going to come and check up on you to make sure that you're doing it right. The only things you need to do are things that help you to get it done. Data is a tool to help you do that, not a piece of homework. So next time you find yourself freaking out about numbers, remember that you are in charge. Is this part of your 20%? Will it make a difference to your business and bottom line? What can you do with it? Or is it a waste of your time? Then get on and do the work that you were put here to do. You can find the show notes at my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at simpleandseason. If you have a friend you think would really benefit from listening to this episode, please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow with soul.